welcome to the Birds and Bees podcast. I am your host, Sue Johnson. I am a white, cisgendered, able-bodied, neurotypical person. And this podcast is for people that are not part of the bullshit heteronormative binary. And today I have a very, very special guest, Mr. Shane Mannon. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate it. Shane what is wrong with me? Shay is. You've um, known me how long now? You don't I know. Mess up my name. Forget. I know. I'm exhausted too. <laughs> um, Shay is a local business owner. He's an entrepreneur. He's uh, been very successful. Man in Productions LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a practicing witch. And uh, what else I think is also most important too is that you're part of the Albany community of local business owners. And really making a difference and trying to have people who are not at the table, who have no power, make sure that they're front and center. Right. Um, which I love, which I love, love, love. Um, and being a longtime Albany resident, do you, what do you see as the biggest obst- obstacle right now for um, small creative businesses? I mean... How much time do you have? Because it's not just—it's <laughs> not just—it's not just one particular issue. There, there's there's like multi there's multifaceted issues. So the mm-hmm. the simplest way I break it down to people is that, and it's just for me and many others who were born and raised here, and we saw how it changed. Albany itself had just has a dark cloud that hovers over it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the history. I'm not sure. My theory is just the history um, of the town and just the city up here itself. Then it trickles down to the people. The people here, they just, they match that energy of the darkness and just sad and sorrow and depressive and so on and so forth. When it comes to opportunities, there are no opportunities for art, the creatives. Um, Oftentimes we have to create our own opportunities, which Mm. is great, but at some point you feel like, okay, I'm doing all this shit, but then it's like, I'm not seeing no progress. So that's why a lot of people tend to move to like metropolitan areas like New York City, Mm -hmm. California, et cetera, where you Mm -hmm. have those communities where you can actually grow and be successful in that. When it comes to jobs and um, employment opportunities, unless you work for the state or you work for the hospital, you're not really making any money. And even then I hear that even those jobs are pretty difficult. I know for the state, people said the only reason uh, people are staying at the state is because of the benefits. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, other than that, I mean, you have all these minimum wage paying jobs where they treat you like shit, they, they overwork you, underpay you, and expect you to be happy, and there's no room for growth or anything. And it's like, these restaurant jobs and retail jobs, those are good for people who are in high school, who are in causing the quick buck, or um, People ain't got no adult responsibilities, but for those of us who have adult responsibilities and we're like 25, 26 plus, that's not a job for us because it's not paying us. It's not much. It's not sustaining us. And it's yeah. just like basically struggling and everything. And then like I said, for the youth, there's no pro- uh, places for the youth, um, no programs. When I was growing up, we had the Boys and Girls Club, though we didn't see it in a few other places. They don't yeah. have those no more. And um, yeah, just all around, it's just... It's a lot. There's a lot that is a hurdle. It's not just one particular thing, but those are some no, of the it's things. A combination of a lot of things. And, and then leadership. <laughs> leadership, <laughs> here, yeah. leadership here is one of the biggest hurdles. We've seen that during the pandemic. Um, that we kind of already knew, but when the pandemic hit, that came to that. That was like front and center because all you could do is focus on politics. Those I, I'm not a political person myself. But when the pandemic happened, that was the only thing you could really focus on to get your information and to see that all play out and still playing out, you know, says it all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and to piggyback off of what you were saying about how I think it's like, well, people get jaded and then nobody cares. So it's just, just generational apathy about, well, this is the way things have always been. And I don't see any point in changing it. Mm-hmm. Or it's too hard to change it. Like It definitely is. Change is not easy. 
but you have to want to change and not one person can do it by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is what I was saying with the leadership here. It's horrible. We tried changing it. We made very little progress, but it's just, it's not working. And people need to wake up to that. That being said, I'm not going to just throw the blame on leadership because it's Mm -hmm. also us as well. We always bitch and complain. I don't know if I'm supposed to, if I can curse on here because I, I absolutely no. I'll mark okay. So the thing is, <laughs> with us as a people, we bitch and complain about all the problems here, but yet when it when we give them the opportunity to do something about it, we don't do it. We don't go out mm-hmm. and vote. We right. I know people are bitching, bitch complain about Kathy Sheehan, our mayor, about doing not doing anything and stuff like that. Which I agree, she's bad. She needs to go. But when given the opportunity to change stuff. No one goes out and vote. No one goes out to make their voices heard and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you were saying about, oh, this is the way it is and whatnot. And to me, yeah. I feel like if that's the case, if that's how you are, then you can't bitch and complain about anything because you're not, you're not going out to make any change. You're not you. doing anything being- about the problems here. Um, yeah. Same with what, when the shooting happened and people were bitching, mm-hmm. were, uh, not bitching, people were blaming her about right. the shooting. Like, you need to do something. Now, like I said, Granted, she is a she's she's awful. She needs to go. She does not do anything. She's a photo op queen. But we cannot just again, we cannot just put the blame on her. And I'm not by no way, shape, or form defending her. What I'm saying is that both sides are at fault. We don't, we the people, we don't do nothing about anything. We don't hold our own accountable. When the shootings and shit was happening and still happening, we don't. We don't do anything about it. We want to sit here, go on social media, complain and shit, but we don't do nothing about it. We don't, you know, a lot of us we go to city council meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't uh, hold, like the whole fucking street code thing. We now fuck all that. When babies and elderly are being hurt and they're in a crossfire, all that goes out the window. Mm-hmm. All that goes out the window. There's no more protecting the community when the community is hurting. Our, our, our children and our elderly. Like I, I thought the women, women, children and the elderly were off limits. Right. But yeah, we need to do that. So both of, of us are at fault. The people and the leadership here, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, uh, I didn't even tell everybody what you did. You are, <laughs> you are a photographer. Mm-hmm. You are a filmmaker. You also write and act. So basically, to simply put it, I'm a whole creative because I wear too many hats and it's a lot. You know, it's a lot to say. You're you do your own editing, your sound. Yeah, I just the way I tell it, I'm, scout. I'm, just, I'm just a creative all around. I kind of wear all hats. Mm-hmm. And um, where did the spark come from? Like, was it just something innate, or was it something like, hey, one day you were just like, hey, I could do that, or I have a voice and I want people to know who I am and what I'm about. So how I came about was I knew from the age of five, I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, you know, kind of like all <laughs> actors and whatnot, glued to the TV. That was the one thing that kept me, you know, sane during my, my, my upbringing. That was not really mm-hmm. great, you know, um, mm. which we can go into another time. Um, right. <laughs> that was one of the things that kept me, I was addicted to TV, um, Especially what, like, what were you watching at age five that said, this is it? This I'm is all watching, me. It was just comments to everything. I mean, I grew <laughs> up with older, all my siblings are older than me. So we were watching HBO, stuff that I wasn't supposed to be watching at the age of five. So we were watching the show Oz that was on HBO. We were Ooh, watching, <laughs> what is that? Oh my God, what is it? There was a show on HBO, like HBO after late late nights, where it was like the, the prostitutes on on the streets and whatnot. And oh, pimps up, hose down. No, other way around. Post- I forgot what it was. Yeah. And then there was the, the confessions yeah. in the cab. Taxi yes. cab confessions. Yes. yes. There was that. We were watching um, BET, MTV, back when they had like the Wayans Brothers, Jamie Foxx show, uh, the Moesha uh, show, um, the Parkers. Uh, Family Matters. We were watching um, even the old Nickelodeon shows um, from like all that, Ken and Cal, Cousin Skeeter, then leading into the <laughs> early 2000s where you had uh, Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, uh, 
all the Muslim ones, just all that stuff. That influenced me to do to um my 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 spark. But I've always wanted to. I always had a knack for it. Like I'm anybody who knows <laughs> me, I have like that's just me. Um, I've always wanted to do it, but of course, life circumstances didn't allow me to do it earlier. Mm. So what really got me started was I was, I think I was 18 going on 19. I was watching the Nickelodeon show Victorious. And I got really frustrated watching because there was one day I got really frustrated watching. I'm like, okay, I'm tired of watching people living my dream. Let me, so I, I went to the library. I started pulling up all these agencies in New York and whatnot. And I went to start doing auditions, I think that week down in the city. Wow. And from there, it just kind of snowballed. This is like going like late fall of 2013. I think it was October 2013. The, what is it? January 6th of 2014. I did my first gig with an uh, RPI student. They were doing uh, a short film here and I was started off as an extra and everything okay. over time during that year, I started branching out towards New York City, doing films down there with the NYU students and just modeling down there. And I started traveling back and forth. So from then I've been, you know, doing all that stuff. Um, I got involved with the local public access channel around that time, well, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started learning how to produce my own stuff, um, working the camera, video editing, the whole shebang. Then I happened to come out of the closet during that time. Mm. And that's when I realized I could use my platform to shine a light on stories that weren't being told Mm. within our community. Yeah, you know, I find it very interesting that uh, you, so you were born in the mid nineties, if my math is right. Yeah, 1994. (laughs) And the generations that came before you being in a black Muslim household, mm-hmm. I, I noticed too because of my work. Because I've been in the HIV field for so long, and as you know, uh, there's major health inequalities in the black and Latino communities. So the people that are hit hardest with HIV um, and other chronic illnesses are young black people. Um, and so what we, I see a lot of people who are like. Yeah, I had, I totally got married to this person in high school. We had kids, but I was gay the whole time. Like, I didn't feel like I could come out to my family. I didn't want to be ostracized. And then, you know, to prove your virility, you're having kids. It's like, I didn't want my children to not know me. And so I just find that, that we've come, we have come part way to accepting and loving ourselves. Um, but and I know I'm not going to talk about your coming out story, but you uh, you were championing like, yes, this is who I am. I am gay and I'm going to use my voice to, you know, shed a light on things that we, you know, people in the community don't talk about. Absolutely. I mean, but for me, it wasn't, it, it wasn't easy for me as well. I don't think, mm. you know, coming out, it's, 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 uh, it's a journey because you're not just coming out one time. And now then it's continuous. You know, me, me coming, me coming from a Muslim household. I, I left the religion when I was 15, but I still carried mm-hmm. the values and things that I was taught. Me coming from that in Islam or in, in, in that culture, homosexuality is a no-no. That is an absolute no. And if I were in Africa, I can't remember where, but certain places in Africa that carries a death sentence. Yes. Um, luckily for me, at the time that I came out in 2014, which actually I'm coming up seven years, what? Uh, <laughs> August 20th, seven years of coming out the closet. Uh-huh. Um, when I came out, I was already living on my own. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a damn. Um, mm-hmm. My, me and my, my my relationship with my family wasn't all that great. Um, mm-hmm. I have boundaries now, so we, we a lot of us were cordial and stuff like that, and they're more accepting now. Um, but it was it was an adjustment period. Right. Um, everybody had to get adjusted to that. I tried right. to help as best I could, but they eventually had to do their own work. I, I, I can't. You can't do the labor, do the yes. emotional labor. So when I came out, how mine, how it worked is I told everybody, I said, I wanted you to hear it from me versus hearing it from somebody else. This is who I am. I'm not looking for your approval. Um, because I'm grown and I don't need right. you to tell me how to live my life. This is for me. I have spent 19 years 
living for somebody else. And I said, I'm not doing it anymore. So this mm-hmm. is me. Um, if you don't like it, sucks to be you. And I still right. carry that, that, whole, <laughs> that whole mentality. I don't care what you think. This is me. If you don't like yeah. it, so be it. Not everybody has that mentality or not everybody can say that, you know, yeah. for different reasons. But that was mine. I was, it was time for me to live in my truth. Mm-hmm. And even then, like it, we talking about, you know, my coming out, even then, I, I was told people I was very disillusioned with how coming out was going to be because um, coming out, it, it, the, the after effect of coming out is not always great. In my case, it definitely wasn't great. Um, for me, although it was very liberating that I was finally living in my truth, mm-hmm. I thought I was coming into a community that, and this is something we don't talk about. I thought I was coming into a community that was very loving, very supportive. I was like, oh my God, I'm finally going to find my people, find my tribe. Yeah, your people. We were going to, you know, I was going to be, you know, this such and such and everything. That wasn't the reality for me and a lot of us because, again, I was very disillusioned with how the community was. I thought they were going to be very loving. I was actually met with a lot of harshness. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. I was met with... When is this local or the or in the city? More so local. No, the city. I honestly, the city. I was I was so traumatized by my experience here with the local Albany community that I actually I was terrified to go around the, the community there. But they some of them that I went around, they were actually pretty nice. And the thing is, all around we have the same issues, which I'll get into. But New York City is so diverse. So, and you have multiple communities within that community that if you don't fit into this one, you can go into that one. Or, you know, there's you'll find your people. Absolutely. With my experience here, <laughs> being that Albany is only made up of a couple thousand people, it's primarily white. Um, yeah. You deal with issues of racism, classism, um, internalized homophobia, transphobia, the whole shebang. And, you know, I can deal with that. I'm used, to, I, I, I can, I expect it. As much as it is, I expect it from non-people of color. Right. What really hurt me the most and still today hurts me was when many people, uh, LGBTQ people of color, the, with the colorism, the classism, the whole, yeah. the, the, the hate that we have for each other and people, you know, and their nastiness. I was just like, wow. Because my thing is, you know, before I, you know, I educate myself, my thing is we all, like, how can you be a person of color and you actually, we're part of two minority groups. We are right. Black or Latino or uh, et cetera. And we're uh, LGBTQ. We're part of two minority groups yep. that are not equal or even seen as people yep. in America. And you can be so hateful to your own, but yet every June or even now with the whole, you know, new movement, we're out here screaming for equality, asking for equality, but we don't treat each other as equals. My thing is, I, I can't deal with that. That's that you're a hypocrite. I can't deal with that. How are you talking about you want equality, but you don't even treat your own as equal? Yeah, I, and I, I've seen it with my own two eyes, having lived in the area for so long. And that we're surrounded by the founding fathers of the movement here, the queer movement, LGBTQ movement in, in the capital district, are white, older gay men. And that kind of puts the priority on them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in that same thing, that apathy thing, like, okay, well, our our needs, people of color, I shouldn't say our because I'm not, I'm not, I'm white. <laughs> but but people of color that are not white, multiracial, they're like, well, I guess this is the way it is. We're second class citizens yet again in a minority. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I feel like it's that, well, sucks to be us. And anybody who's new that comes in, they better know this is like, a, it's almost like a, a chain of authority. Mm-hmm. So as you get farther and farther down the line, and it's ageism as well. So if you're a young yeah. queer, kid then guess what you get the shit out of the stick in this community but i could also say the reverse 
for the elder. Because going into the ageism thing, with and I, I've seen it from both ends. I've seen mm. older LGBTQ folks um, talk down to these young ones who are just coming out. They're trying to learn. They're very right. respectful. And they, they talk down to us as if we're nothing. And they right. also... Um, they antagonize the drama and the bullshit that goes on with the younger ones. They antagonize, I've seen them enable uh, uh, drug use. I've seen them actually give them drugs. I've seen them uh, egg on situations and getting involved in things that they, like, um, they shouldn't. And in my head, I'm like, you're our elder. Why the hell are you instigating you should be leading by example. Yeah. But then I've also seen young ones pray Oh, uh, sorry, going back to the older ones. I've seen them also mm. prey on these young ones, these 18 plus. I don't plus. like that. I don't like that. To me, to me, I don't like that shit. That shit bothers me. But then I've also seen the same, all the issues I've said about the old ones doing it to the young ones, I've seen the young ones doing it in reverse. You know, a lot of our, the community, you know, they're, they're older, they're lonely, they're looking for a companion, they feel like they're not desirable or right you got like an expiration on a lot of these young ones will prey on that they will prey on them to mm -hmm. try to use them and whatnot but then when for some of them got money or whatnot but then when that money dries up they go keep uh what am i trying to say they will then go to the next person and everything yeah. so i've seen it from both ends i try to tell people it's not just the older versus younger or it's 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 all of us all around yeah. there are mo there are many issues within this community and the thing is especially during the pandemic a lot of us i i've, I've said that w there's a lot of hurt people in this community mm -hmm. and a lot of people instead of doing the work to seek help for the issues that we have whether it's mental health addiction, anger, whatever it is, the trauma that, you know, not coming from a, a accepting family. We try to, we, 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 we put that on others versus us doing the work ourselves. Mm -hmm. So every person that comes into our lives, we sit there and we taint a lot of relationships, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I feel like this goes back to, um, politicizing and weaponizing healthcare and mm -hmm. mental health care because the system's completely racist. Absolutely. I mean, it, really it is. And in, in order to dismantle it, we need to come together collectively and have white people shut the fuck up and take a step back. <laughs> That's it's ludicrous to me to decide what's best for you, Shay, as a young black man who's part of the LGBT community. Right. That's not my place. You live in your body. You get to tell me how we can make things better. Right. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just issues all around. Like there, there's yeah. a lot that we have to do. But before we can start, I feel I personally feel before we can start asking for the world to see us equals, we got to do the work in-house. Like if mm -hmm. people if we were able to like truly come together apart from tragedy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If we were able to really come together, do people realize how much shit we could get done if we were to all come together? Yeah. Because at but the end of the day, whether we are LGBTQ, we're of color, etc., all we're trying to do is trying to live our lives, um, get by every day, uh, get by day mm -hmm. to day you know, et cetera. If we were to put all these fucking issues aside that divide us, we could get a lot of shit done. But the work Absolutely. has to come from within. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I suggest to people, number one, start going to local city council meetings. Number, that's number. Number two, get on the board of organizations where black people have been erased or are being ignored or being treated like just a dollar sign. I really encourage people to do that. But you need, don't get sucked into the apathy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you, you, also need, you also need the right people though. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's not just white folks that are, that are problematic. Within our community, the, the black and brown community, I know a lot of them, especially here locally in the common council and in, in these positions of powers, they, 
are very problematic. And so again, it goes back to that self-hate thing. There's a mm-hmm. lot of them who have the self-hate issues that Absolutely. are just as they're just as bad, if not worse, than the white folks. Mm-hmm. So you I tell people, okay, you want because everybody's saying, oh, we need more people of color in there. Yes, but you need the right people. You need the right ones. Ones who are not going to just cater to the masses or cater to certain people or say they're going to cater to certain people and then they have their own hidden agendas. That's the problem. One of the major problems we have here with leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, we have too many people who have hidden agendas. And the, mm-hmm. the thing is, the sad thing is Albany has so much potential. Oh, absolutely. You could do a lot, but you need leadership without any, you know, ulterior motives to, to be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, was doing some promotion because now COVID restrictions are lifting. So I was mm-hmm. going around to a couple of the, the local bars just to advertise the um, programs for HIV prevention. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad that we, <laughs> in Albany, there are three gay bars. Mm-mm. Two. You don't consider O-Bar to be part of the No. no. <laughs> O-Bar is a mixed bar. We don't consider, ah. if we're talking about predominantly gay, Mm-hmm. We only have two, which is Waterworks and Rocks. And they're right across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why, okay, so Waterworks, and this is no shade to them, but the, I, this is from my uh, observation. The only reason why Waterworks is the popular mm-hmm. is because they have 18 plus. 18 plus right. can get in. So you draw in right. the younger crowd, the ones who are going to spend that money. Rocks. Yep. Is 21 and up, but that's more like uh what is it, the the bears and uh you know older crowd. Mm-hmm. Now granted you have some younger ones going there too, but that's more of the older crowd. Um had I, I honestly, yeah, and then also waterworks, that's that's one of the places you have like, well, both of them have dance schools, but waterworks is the one because you again you track the younger ones. That's the one mm-hmm. that's more like the real like club club. So you yeah. have a lot of people going there, not just the gays, but the straights and whatnot, the whole shebang. Um, but again, that's the only thing we have here. So that's why they're only they're mm-hmm. only popular. Had if that doesn't stop doing that, had we not had um none of that, I mean. That's the only reason why they're popular. There's only two damn things we have here. Even when it comes to the straight bars, we uh, there are not many places that really have like the dance floor, as far as my knowledge. Um, no, they pretty much have all closed. Yeah, I know. The only thing that we they had before was like Legends, but Legends shut down. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't frequent straight bars. I can't do it. I for yeah, me when I, I go out. I, I feel more comfortable around my own people. That being said, I also mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that have slight slightly have issues with straight people coming into our establishments. I was just going to bring that up. I, I that the first, <laughs> going to Waterworks that was the first time I had been there, probably since I was about 25, and I'm 45 now, so it's been 20 years uh, thereabouts. And because I, I don't want to infringe on the already small amount of places for the LGBTQ community. I do consider myself queer, but I'm a I'm present as white and, and cisgender, and I don't want to be sucking up space for somebody who maybe is coming out for the first time or just wants to hang out and like I don't want to deal with with catering to you. Straight people <laughs> and their bullshit because that's what comes yeah. with a lot, especially so. I can speak from my experience going into when I when I'm in straight bars and there's some straight people in there, especially the straight girls, they come in and they treat us as if we're some fucking novelty. Yeah. I've had many straight girls think because I'm gay, I'm gonna be their gay best friend. I'm like, no, Ew. bitch, I don't know you. I don't know you, you don't know me. I'm not here to be your accessory. And Gross. then I've had some who who smack my ass and whatnot, and I almost got into a fit, I almost got into a fight with them. I'm, yeah, I'm one of those people. I like to. Did, don't, did they honestly think that consent is not a thing? That's my thing. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, if, like, what makes you think you can do that? I'm like, if roles were reversed, if I was in a straight establishment and I did that to you, would you not consider that sexual assault? Yeah, you should like be the same shit you, on you. Yeah, the same shit you, you do or that, that you talk about when you, you're in straight bars. 
You think you can come into our establishment and do that? That's not okay, especially because you don't know many of our backgrounds. Not all of us are okay with that. Many of us come yeah. from trauma backgrounds. Many of us are survivors of sexual assault and rape and all that stuff. You cannot do that. This, you, mm -hmm. you wouldn't want it done to you, so what makes you think you can do it to us? Yeah. We're not, we're not a fucking accessory. This is not a zoo. You can come in. Now, if you come into our establishments, understand that you are a guest in our establishment. You're, this Don't, is it's not about you. <laughs> you need to have some type of respect for us. Like a lot of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my thing. And then same with the straight guys. Straight guys come in there and they bring in an energy. Like especially a lot of the straight black men, they come into our establishments oh. and they bring in this type of toxic max uh, masculine energy that I'm like, you could have just stayed your ass home if you were not comfortable around us because honestly, they're like, oh, they might try to hit on me. First of all, ain't nobody in the gay bars really checking on you like that. Get to, Why get would you you are hot to a gay guy? That's presumptuous. That's <laughs> my thing. I'm like, honestly, when, like there's been straight guys coming into Waterworks. Nobody is checking for none of y'all. And usually people will come up and have a conversation with like, And I like, know for me, I'll ask you, Hey, and in a very respectful my hey, can I, are you so are you a part of the community or not? Just so I, I I know. And if you even if you are, I'm not coming over to hit on you. I just happen to see that you're just sitting there looking awkward. So I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. let me just come over and check conversation with you, or you know, just see how you doing and whatnot. Like, cause I know for me, when I first came out, I wish somebody would do that for me. Yeah, absolutely. Take you under the wing. Mentoring? Nothing must take me under the wing. Although there, there's times I wish that I had a mentor coming out, but quite mm -hmm. honestly, too many people have uh, too many hidden agendas to me that I don't got time for that shit. It cross cross boundaries because yeah, then it's, like I said, okay, we're of the same tribe, so I can totally get away with that. Right, and then everything. By no means am I approved because I'm kind oh, of. I never forth. think that. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but no, because I'm bouncing forth from different topics that I happen to see with <laughs> the bars. By no means am I approved. But mm. me, not everything has to be sexual. And right. when it comes to those type of things, that tends to be the thing with a lot of the, the people, the, the mentors. They yeah. think, oh, because you're a young gamma ticking, you know, I'm gonna, you know, do such and such with you. I'm like, no, like that's very like some predator type shit. It's a, a power imbalance. Right. Yeah. You want I'm to like, be equal. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm that person when it comes to the whole straight people coming in our establishment. I quite honestly don't feel comfortable. If that was the case, I would just go to a straight bar. But that's right, just me. You Everybody can else walk, yeah. There are a bajillion straight bars everywhere. They're but we only have, which is so goddamn sad. We only have two truly gay bars. And so I live in Schenectady County and we have a situation that's similar to the O-Bar. Uh, we have the Clinton Street Pub, which is gay but not really gay mm -hmm. and and in Rensselaer and Troy as far as I know there's no place no Troy gay. is um not really from my understanding Troy is not really LGBTQ friendly mm -mm. which is wild because it's a I mean they base everything off of RPI and RPI is supposed to be this big melting pot and <sighs> and you know what just as long as we're on the subject of complaining I'm it bothers me so much when I see uh, white women come into uh, predominantly LGBTQ spaces. If there's a drag show, if there's a drag performer, don't don't let the first thing you say to that performer be, "You should put me up in drag." Are you going to give them money? Right, like, like, like nobody's working for. We could we could <laughs> we could bring this even to creatives, the topic of creatives, especially during the pandemic. People Nobody is working for free. Work. Nobody mm -hmm. is going to work for free. Unless you're paying people. I've, I deal with this a lot too as a photographer, especially Pia. Many people, people think that you're going to work for free. No, I did not work for free. I was working for free back when I first started the shit. Nobody's working for free, especially uh, when the pandemic hit. It's like, do you know what goes into all doing all this? We are providing all the make, like for makeup artists, providing all the makeup for you, the different brushes. We we're doing all the work. You know how long that takes? That takes time. And Especially the equipment's expensive. Really cares about their shit. That takes Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Same with photographers. It's not just a oh, we're gonna click and shoot. No, there's certain things you gotta know the angles. You gotta know lighting, uh, editing, all shit, and editing itself. Even for like three pictures, or four, 
takes time. That that it's a lot. It's a lot of, especially when you mm -hmm. when you invested thousands of dollars in your in your ship. It's a lot. Yeah. Nobody's working for free. No. And if you could turn the tables on that, I was like, listen, Debbie. <laughs> I don't go to your job and say, do this for me for free. Right. I tell people, you don't go to, like, and this is what kills me. You don't go to Jordan and ask them for discounts. And this happens a lot within the Black community. When you have Black owned businesses, a lot of people think you're going to uh, become in, a lot of other Black folks will come in like, oh, can I get a discount? No. You don't go to, you can, if you can spend, thousands of dollars on Jordans on fucking name brand shit that's owned by white folks that don't mm -hmm. give a fuck about none of us that ain't putting nope. nothing back into the community if you can go spend thousands or like three hundred dollars or more on fucking brand new bundles and all that shit you can spend a hundred and something with a black owned business you can and sometimes like even with with our our, our black performers a lot of them it's the okay donation base you can spend thousand dollars go see Cardi B, all these fucking A-list celebrities that don't give a fuck they putting them back into our community like that, especially our local one. They ain't doing shit mm -hmm. for us. But somebody who's filming a, a performance, either a drag show or a, a live concert for up and coming, you know, artists or you know just people trying to support and do their art, and you can't spend ten dollars, twenty dollars, or something towards their thing. That's bullshit to me. That pisses oh, yeah. me off. That pisses me off. Because we always complain that, oh, we trying to put Albany on a map and stuff like that. I don't believe in that shit. But they, that's what they say, oh, it's trying to put Albany on a map. Well, do but the you work. Can support your local <laughs> artists. Yeah. Now you me off. It's a lot. It is a lot. So the other thing is you grew up in a very religious household and you left that religion when you were quite young. Um, how did now? Uh, <laughs> how did that? How did that go? No, I want to know what attracted you to witchcraft and the Wiccan religion. Actually, Ooh, I mean, I always had, I always had an, uh, an interest in it. I would see yeah. them like I've, I've seen some stuff, you know, even because honestly, that stuff kind of like all that shit, like witchcraft and stuff like that. Certain certain things and the Islam culture, it they all tie from each other. Like uh, voodoo was originated mm -hmm. by the slaves, and it, yes. I believe it went to um, New Orleans, mm -hmm. where it's become hoodoo and voodoo has become you know popular there. But I've always had an attraction to it. I just didn't know nothing about it. I actually had my own uh, preconceived you know notions about it, and so like that. But you know, Islam was never for me. I was, I, I was born and raised into it and, you know, mm -hmm. it was all great, but it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah. Especially when I'm hearing this before I knew I was gay. Cause I, I, the thing is I knew I was gay when I was four, but when you're four, you're, you don't know what that means or how to articulate none of that. Yeah. I kept it all in, in, to myself, but I've always had my little feminine mannerisms and stuff like that. But I never came out and said I was gay until I was about 20. But, you know, mm -hmm. I always knew. But my thing, I was always hearing uh, homosexuality is forbidden and Allah is against that and all that shit. And in my head, I'm like, how can Allah, God, or whoever, be against who I am? And he made me this way. Because I damn sure didn't have to be this way. So to me, there's one part of uh, hypocrisy. I don't do the hypocrisy. So that was one of the reasons why I left. But also, it just wasn't for me. As I started to grow older, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, but then when I got oh, no, into, ahead. when I got into, you know, I say spirituality because I, I don't just do mm -hmm. witchcraft. I also practice various forms of spirituality. When I got into that, that is where I found my true connection with God. Because I do believe in God. Yeah. Um, I found my true, my, my real connection through that. I didn't, I didn't have it when I was a, a Muslim. You knew. But that's what, that's yeah. what got me into it. I found myself. I was able to find who I am spiritually and, you know, find that connection. And it saved me many times. You know, I deal with, I have uh, mental health issues. What, that was one of my mechanisms for you know, coping and dealing. 
just praying, guided meditation, um, mm. working with, you know, my incense and candles and crystals and everything. That is what got me through, get, gets me through, especially during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. When I didn't have always have access to, you know, a therapist and I didn't get to go see my therapist as much as I was normally doing. Right. That had got me through it. And for me, from what I've seen and from what I've gained knowledge about, it, it almost seems like it's not that it's a solitary religion, but it, to me, and people have their own practices. Yeah, and, I and mean, what makes yeah. them feel comfortable and and feel. I, I know somebody who calls himself secular. I'm a secular witch because they don't believe in God, but there are components of witchcraft and Wiccan. Wiccanism? I don't think so. But anyway. <laughs> there's too many damn terms, but so yeah. the simple one I say is I'm a witch. I, I tell yeah. people because it, it, there's two different, there's, there's not two, there's many different freaking terms. So I say right. I'm a witch. That simply put it. Yeah. So they they that that's their discipline, but they don't believe in God. So I, I do find it interesting to say it's a community. I mean but, it is a community, but we all don't walk the same path. I try to tell yes. people. Yes, same but like, I think that's a great thing. Like, yes, same like within any religion where you have those who are like, oh no, this is how you you do it. This is how it's supposed to be, yada, yada, yada. We deal with that same shit within our community. Those people who are like, oh, I am a bloodline witch, you know, and this is how it's done. And I'm like, a hierarchy. I'm like, no, bitch, you're not. Like, have a seat. This is not, like, everybody does not believe in the same thing. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of us, we practice everything. A lot of us, all witches, we have different gifts, different abilities, um, different things that we're good at and everything. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm great with making my own oils, uh, incense, like I'm good with working with that type of stuff. Tinctures and you found, and you found my, a lot of stability in that. Yes, fact. that is my little spiritual gift on top of the other things. But <laughs> we all do not believe in the same thing. Some of us, we uh, believe in God. There are Christian witches, which people, a lot of people don't know. Um, there are those of us who are believe in the, what is it, satanic practices. I don't judge and everything. Some of us, we are part of a, co- a coven. Some of us are solitary practitioners. Some of us believe in God. Some of us don't. Some of us only practice, you know, what they call white magic. I, I don't say yes, yes. white magic. Some of us are, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We all have different paths. We all, we all don't believe in the same thing. So, you know, but we, yeah, the same shit we do, you deal with any religion, we deal with that as well. But we all work, I have different paths. Yeah. I, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school for 10 years. And it is very much a, this is a tradition and you're not changing it. Because for me personally, it felt gross and icky that, well, I won't get into it because it's not my, it's not my story to tell. It's not my story to tell. Right. But I will say this. The Catholic Church is very white, very white. Um, when there were maybe like two or three black families in our church growing up. Um, do, I, I'm not part of being a witch or witchcraft. Do you feel that there is a sense of whiteness or? Yes, um, which a lot of people don't believe not. There are a lot of black and brown witches out um i've met more black and brown witches yes. actually than i have um, <laughs> but there is when you think of honestly when you think of when if anybody if they think of witches what's the first thing that come to their mind it's a bunch of white yeah. people mm-hmm. that or um hocus pocus one it's a bunch of white stuff but they don't really shine a light on us black and brown witches which we are important especially us male which yeah. exist black and brown yeah. which we exist um, I've met a lot of lot more down in the city. I met a lot more down in the city there. So um, yeah, we exist. Um, it's not all white people. And again, a lot of us, we actually, believe it or not, up here, there's a huge uh, pagan witch, however the hell you want to call it, community here. I actually go to some of the events here. We have a that. thing that's run by um, a, a reverend who is who's also a practitioner. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, you have, even in like, even in, uh, uh, 
Wicca, pagan, again, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, <laughs> there are reverends that are witches, you know, then you have the high priestess, the priest. Um, I think he's a priest or a rep, I, I think it's, rep, I, I can't remember, but he is one of those. <laughs> he, I know he is ordained to, he can do uh, weddings. He's done weddings. That's beautiful. And whatnot, but um, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's interesting. But again, uh, for me, it was able to help me find my own path. But there are black and brown witches. We exist. Um, it's not just a bunch of white people. <laughs> and well, and unfortunately, too, that is yet another institution where black and brown people were erased. And I mean, as you said, voodoo was started by slaves who were forced over here. Uh, they did not want to come to this country. Um, and Santeria as well. Santeria came out of um, Hispanic Catholicism. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It just white people educate yourselves. <laughs> it's not. It is not Shay's mission in life to educate and take on that emotional labor for us to understand. Mm -hmm. Especially because I even I like the, what people don't understand is even within the pagan or Wiccan community it's a it you you learn something every day you don't we, none of us have all the answers despite what a lot of us seem, seem to think that we have all the answers. <laughs> no because there's such a diversity in that community not all of us have the we don't have the answers we learn throughout our path we learn a lot mm -hmm. more we learn new things um eventually you'll be able to learn <laughs> you know, different practices and whatnot and how to, you know, do certain things, you know, you get what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we all don't know everything. Do you get that vibe from the high priestess, high priest? Are they I very only, like hum humble in that? He's, very, he's, he's a very humble guy. I knew him since I was in high school. Oh. I, I, I used to go to the, um, the events and I started going to the events in high school and I actually, again, I was shocked to know that there were a lot of uh, practitioners up here. I didn't realize it. Um, just because I feel like in other organized religions, you know, the head of your church, the mm -hmm. all end all. And I get that. And it's just this complex that they get that I'm in charge and I know everything I need to know because. No, no, no. You, you know um, what I mean? <laughs> Lee, his name is Lee. He's he's a really cool guy. Very humble, you know. He'll even tell you. Everybody walks a different path. So, you know, he yeah. doesn't know everything. He helps and, and you I, kind of get to you where you 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 want to go. I love that. Just we never stop learning and growing as people. Mm -hmm. Every day is a learning process. <laughs> And unfortunately, I've met a lot of people in positions of power that are very much, why do you need to learn that? Why, why do you want to study that? I'm like, I don't know, perhaps to expand my worldview. Like, like why? So, right. <laughs> Same with in our community. Like a lot of people when they hear, um, oh, somebody practices dark magic, as we call it. Um, they were, oh no, you're doing evil. I'm like, no, I'm like, despite what people many think, see, this is why I tell people do your research on this shit. Believe it or not, those type of practices were originated to, they're, they're, they're as a, like a last resort protection. That's what a lot of it is. It is to, cause you know, again, and that community, not everybody lives by the whole, do what ye will with harm to none. Some of us is, we will be the karma for you should you take us there. I'm one of those people. Um, mm -hmm. When I got into the practitioner, I'm coming up. So I was 15 when I got into it. I'm 27 now. I think it's almost. 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> I did my research on all the different, this is why I tell people, when you get into this, do your research on all the different practices. Because you might mm. find that there's certain things you might like more. You can be an eclectic witch, which is what I am. We tie, from, we take from different practices and we tie them into our own. Um, doing your research on specifically on that, if you're not going to practice it, is just to be able to understand certain things about it. Knowing that should somebody actually do it on you, you know how to kind of counteract that and get rid of this uh, 
the stuff. Because some people are very wicked and they, they'd like to throw curses on hexes and stuff on people. Um, and Italian the, people are like that too. My, my grandmother was the most superstitious person in the yeah, world. Yeah, so there's way, it, it, in those, you know, those things, it'll tell you how to counteract that stuff to return the sender or, you know, to break certain things. There's the, That's why I tell people, do your research on all the different things. So it, you can also understand you know, if you are cursed, because a lot of people are, oh, this, I'm having a streak of bad luck. I'm cursed. No, sometimes, you know, that's just life. And that's another thing I, I tell people, not everything has a magical meaning or it's a critical physical yes. meaning behind it. Like, oh, I see three birds or whatever, uh, three codes. That's a, that's a sign. No, sometimes it, it, it's life. Birds happen to travel in packs. I mean, right. <laughs> or yeah, it's just life. Not everything has a magic me, and not everything requires magic. Sometimes, like like saying when pe- like when it comes to the whole hexing and cursing thing, sometimes using like you ha- you have to resolve the issues as a person before you start bringing in divine, mm-hmm. you know, solutions. Sometimes it's it, from within. Yes, you have to learn how to d- resolve the issues before, uh, you know as a person before you start pulling out the candles and herbs and shit like that. You only use it as a last resort and you have to understand, know what the hell you're doing yeah. because it, it can and will backfire on you if you are not careful, if you don't know what you're doing and everything. And I tell you, there's books on that, that'll teach you or um, how to do this stuff properly. They'll tell you the steps of how you do it, the self-care before and after. They'll tell you, you know, this is what you got to do. A lot of people, they don't do this shit. Um, no, um, it's actually going to say something else, <laughs> but, but no, I love that you're coming from like, this is what's going to work for me. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I think people kind of just kind of stumbling. I shouldn't say that most people, but, um, there's like, uh, for me, <laughs> there was this meme. I don't know. You must've seen it going around. It said, um, everything happens for a reason. And that reason is, is you're stupid and you made bad decisions. <laughs> I, I think that that is a good lesson in particularly in religion. Like, mm-hmm. like once you think you start seeing hexes, you're going to see them everywhere. It's like, yeah, not everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is, that's, that's, your, that's just you. That's not designed. No, it, it's not because you, you were cursed because you doing, you doing foul shit. So mm-hmm. You got it back. That's a little thing called karma. Yeah. But karma, to me, karma is a it's subjective to me. Yeah. Because I know many good people who do good all the time. Yes, you know, nobody's perfect, but yeah, you do you do your your heart is good, your intentions are good, and they still get the shitty end of the stick, you know. Yeah. So like that. Another thing I always tell people is like, you know. That whole law of attraction thing, even that is subjective, I feel. Um, and then the whole, oh, another one is um, spiritual people are always positive and they have, they that's are. That's not true at that's all. That's bullshit. No, no. Spiritual, yeah. spiritual, somebody being spiritual just means that they are aware of, you know, things and, you know, aware that there are other things out there and whatnot. Nobody is happy is positive all the time that's bullshit i tell people because i've had people like oh you're supposed to be spiritual you're supposed to be this popular no that's not how no. the fuck it works we're human at the end of the day exactly like, all it means it does not mean that everybody's positive that's bullshit that's fake yeah yeah i uh, uh I, I think a way to relate it to is also like caitlin jenner um <laughs> who in my opinion is just a rich white republican um, and then I don't know if you I saw that recently. I don't like Caitlyn Jenner either. It, they uh, they were speaking out about. Well, they have a lot of internalized self hatred. Otherwise, Absolutely. why why would Caitlyn Jenner go around saying that trans people should not be allowed to participate in school sports? And she's with, trans herself. Make it make sense. That that's the shit yeah. I'm talking about. That self hate thing. Yeah. I, I I see it a lot within the community. It's like. You like we go against our. Uh, sometimes we go against our own fucking uh, best interests. We eat our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And like I said, it's not until the shit hits hits us right in the face that we want to be like, oh, you know, there's a problem, such and such. She did it too when when she voted. For, I think she voted for Donald Trump, and then oh, they're friends. Yes, and then when he went against trans people in the army, she like that. That's when she was like, oh, wait a minute, hold up now. I'm like, no, like, and and again, I think Amanda Seal said this when they did that thing that America has not been kind to people like you as well. But yet you go against mm-hmm. your own mm-hmm. as, a, as if, you know, you are above this. No, you're definitely not above it. Just because you you are rich, uh, white trans woman um, don't mean shit because you still can get the same treatment that we, we get. Absolutely. I struggle all, you know, gays and uh, trans and et cetera. You can get the same treatment that we get. That don't, that don't stop you from nothing. They've lived a very privileged life. Absolutely. They, you can't really compare that to, to anyone else who is trans. Right. I don't think. It's just, she's just a shitty person. And you Absolutely. can be a trans person and be a total asshole. <laughs> I can't stand her. I don't even want to talk. She makes me sick. All right. <laughs> well, let's not end on a happier note. Yes. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk more about the sex, the sexual stuff. That's what I came on for. It kind of got away from us because we've, we've been talking an hour. All right. <laughs> I will have you back any day of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, because I had, I had some whole, I had a lot of tea for that. <laughs> you'll come back. Absolutely. You'll come back. Yes. You, the, the floor is always yours. So, Mr. Shane Annan. I will put your information in the show notes, but please tell everyone how they can hire you for your services. So you can actually, we now take appointments uh, online. You can um, you can book through uh, my company's website, which is www.manninproductionsllc.com. And the way it's spelled, it's not spelled how everybody thinks. It's spelled right. M-A-N-O-N, like Manon. Apparently it's French. I did not realize that. Productionllc.com. You can also you can also now book through um, IG as well, which we uh, it's under um, at Menon underscore Productions underscore LLC. Um, yeah, so basically you can if you look up Men uh, Menon Productions LLC, you'll be able to find all our uh, information. And you can find us to book through there because all of our uh, booking stuff, everything is all under our social medias and whatnot. And you're an amazing photographer. (laughs) Yes. And also, um, we have a physical space, which is 69 State Street, 13th floor, Albany, New York, 12207. Too many zip codes in Albany County. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. You're Um, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> feedback makes this show so much better so please send me any comments questions or if you'd like to share your story you can email me at the bird whoa i'm getting my own email next up birds and bees pod at gmail.com follow me on instagram at birdsandbees.com that is my business uh, account and really be kind to yourself i mean it thank you again shay it was so lovely and uh take care have a great day all right bye-bye Bye.